Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Hello, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter Podcast. This is episode number 166. My guests for today's episode are Greg and Jumi. They make up the travel and food blogging and vlogging duo known as Food and Footprints. I think if you go back a ways, I've been referencing them for, for a couple of years now. But essentially, I met Greg at Warung Salasa. If you go way back to the early days, I recorded with Dewi, who is the chef there. But that's essentially like a one-table Indonesian food, not restaurant, what's the word for it? It's really a shop with a tiny little restaurant in the back, and it's incredible. It's like really like comparable to the kind of stuff that you'll get on the street in Indonesia. And a lot of things that you'll you know you'll be hard pressed to find in actual Indonesian restaurants. She's making it, and I think it was the second time that I had ever been there. Yeah, I think it was the second time that I had been there, and I was eating by myself. And she was like, "Well, my friend's coming by. He does food blogging. You have to come. You have to meet him. You have to meet him." And I met Greg, and like right away we hit it off, and I could tell like, "Yeah, this is my kind of guy." I've said this before, but to me, there's people who kind of, they get it. Now, whether that's books or movies, there's people that get it on the wavelength that you get it. And they like the things that you like for the same reasons. There's an authenticity to it. It's like a, it's like a true believer. And when I talk about food and when I talk about travel... I could tell that Greg got it. And then I met Greg and his partner, Jumi, at the Queen's Night Market. He had hooked me up with, with Manila, who's also been on this podcast. And then we saw them at one of, or I saw them at one of Manila's events. And then very oddly, when I was in the Philippines at the start of my long trip, I was there with Kevin, who's also been on this podcast a few times. We... I don't remember if I had found out that they were there at the same time, but we were trying to get from Cebu to Shargao kind of quickly because there were rumors of this big storm hitting. And actually it was a massive storm that, you know, spared us, but hit the north of the Philippines and then slammed into Japan. But we raced out of Cebu, hopped on a plane, when you land in Chargao, it's this little tiny airport, like one room type of airport. And when you get out, it's, it's almost like it's like a bunker. I'm sure if you've traveled a lot, you've experienced that like around the world where you get out of the plane, you know, it doesn't go directly into the airport. There's no like jetway. Um, and it's this little space where you go. And we're in this little space and who's there but Greg and Jumi? It's like, whoa, this is crazy. And of course, we had made some pre- preliminary uh, plans to try to hang out. And then Kevin and I stayed in Pacifico, which has no Wi-Fi anywhere. So that went out the window. So this episode has been a long time coming. I'm really glad we got to do it. Now, you'll hear about all this, but just briefly, Greg and Jumi decided to, to leave their nine to fives and to pursue travel full time. They made this decision right before the pandemic happened. 
And so shortly after they left, pandemic occurs and they are stuck in Malaysia. But they have incredible attitudes about it, seem really happy, seem to still be able to eat the food of Malaysia and start to get back out there and explore things now. So they shared that story and stories from their travel in this episode. I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, Bourdain. Greg brought up his name. I was wearing like a, I have this, I was gifted a shirt. It's kind of like a bootleg Bourdain shirt. And he could see that when we were, when we were talking over the video chat. But obviously, as I've mentioned over and over, like probably my biggest influence in, in, in terms of traveling and, and writing and is someone, again, to me, who, who gets it. Right. And I don't, I don't mean to sound uh, pretentious. Like if, if you want to sit on a resort all the time and that's your form of travel, you have a stressful job, that's cool. But I'm looking to travel and explore in a different way. And there's a quote from a cook's tour. I believe that's Bourdain's first book where he, he summed this up in a way that I could never, I could never articulate it this way. But it sums up exactly what I'm talking about. And I think likely Greg and Jumi would agree. You know, there's some people who do vlogging and blogging and they do it in more of like a gratuitous manner where either it's about, you know, there's travel people, if they call them influencers or whatever, and really like it's about them and it's not about the place they're in. But with Greg and Jumi, like it's it's about the story of the food and the food and the people making it and the the real enjoyment that they get in sharing this. I mean, I've been around the world and when you know, when I'm in Sri Lanka, Greg could see that because I'm I'm posting about it and he's getting in my DMs right away. You gotta go to this place. I'm like, man, you've been everywhere. <laughs> I remember walking around uh, Taiwan. I get a message from Greg. You got to go to this night market. It's really passionate about sharing information and trying to make sure that people can see the world in the way that he has. And I think that there's a strong parallel to Bourdain there. So here's that quote, and then I'll stop rambling, folks. But again, this is from A Cook's Tour by Bourdain. I wanted adventures. I wanted to go up the Nung River to the heart of darkness in Cambodia. I wanted to ride out into a desert on camelback, sand and dunes in every direction, eat whole roasted lamb with my fingers. I wanted to kick snow off my boots in a mafia nightclub in Russia. It's probably mafia. I wanted to play with automatic weapons in Nam Pen, recapture the past in a small oyster village in France, step into a seedy, neon-lit pulqueria in rural Mexico. I wanted to run roadblocks in the middle of the night, blowing past angry militia with a handful of hurled Marlboro packs, experience fear, excitement, wonder. I wanted kicks. The kind of melodramatic thrills and chills I'd yearned for since childhood. The kind of adventure I'd found as a little boy in the pages of my Tintin comic books. I wanted to see the world. And I wanted the world to be just like the movies. Yeah, that sums it up. 
I don't know if there's a naivete in that, you know, but that's how I felt as a kid. And that's still how I feel now. And that's how I feel when I'm on the road. So, um, I've been revisiting a lot of Born to Aiden stuff. And I think, uh, this episode here is, uh, a fitting tribute to him, especially with some of the, the New York stuff we talk about. So please go to the show notes for this episode and you will find a link to the Food and Footprints website and to their social media accounts where they post about really amazing places. And I always say, sort of like, again, in the vein of Bourdain, when you go somewhere, go with an open mind and don't, don't go having a daily itinerary. But Greg and Jumi know of some really incredible places, both in New York and around the world. So I would take their advice as like a starting point in some places, especially when you first land somewhere, you're disoriented, you're hungry, you're like, oh, should I just go lay down? No, get up and move. That's always the best thing to combat jet lag. But especially when you don't know a place and you want to just get situated and have that first meal and have something blow you away, go check out Food and Footprints. They got you covered. So in the show notes for this episode, you'll find those links and you'll also find the link as always to my Patreon account. That's an account where you, that's a, a service where you can give monthly and you'll get some cool kickbacks like shirts and stickers and postcards from around the world and stuff like that. All right, folks, enjoy this conversation with Greg and Jumi. All right. What is going on? Like this so this is like the last Ooh, I yeah. know of like what's happening in your lives, right? You know, we have Man, a, this has been a long time coming. The, to do this podcast with you. Certainly. The episode certainly has been. Um but obviously, you know, we've been in common spaces a few times. It's not like we've we've hung out a whole ton. Last yeah. last thing I know, you're still in New York, likely food blogging. Yeah. Now you're stuck in Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's this- crazy yeah um i mean you know like you mentioned it's not like the first time we've yeah. we've we were you know all those times that we i mean at least the first time we met was at dewey's at Warren salasa yes and then we met we saw each other in cebu yeah but even <laughs> before that i think it was uh at manila's event i ate lao food yeah, the very first time I think I met Greg, I don't, I don't even know how that happened. Dave was just like, like I ate my food and Dave was like, you have to meet my friend. He's coming. He's coming. Um, <laughs> and you popped up and then, yeah, we just started talking food. You told me about Manila. Yeah. And then strangely, we crossed paths for like 10 minutes in, in the Philippines. Yeah. I think the and Queen's Night Market plane. too. Yeah, I think Queen's Night Market also. Queen's Night Market too. Yeah. Wait a second. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah. It's been a bunch. Yeah. Been a, that's why. It's been so many different times. Fortunate events. Yeah. Yeah. And so. The okay. craziest of all is the Cebu Airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like tiny little Cebu Airport, right? Yeah. We yeah. Had, and then like two minutes in Chargao before we went our supper with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had planned. That was crazy on seeing you guys too. And we had stayed in, in Pacifico and we had no idea that there'd be like zero Wi-Fi out there. Yeah. 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 But I mean, we, we recently, we just quit our jobs 
Yep. We basically went similar route that you did, uh, what, two years ago? Yep. But it's been a long time coming for us. This has been something we've been planning for years, wanted to do for years. Yeah. We got married. We eloped in Greece. And yep. then we quit our job. And now we're here in Malaysia. Whoa. What were you doing? Series of fortunate events. What was your, like, your nine to five? Uh, well, I worked, uh, my regular nine to five, I worked at a financial company. I was doing, like, a lot of database work. And um, Zoomy. <laughs> oh, I am a nurse at one of the hospitals in New York City. So did you go through the whole almost like fear thing? Like, is this the right idea? People think we're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by travel? That This traveling full-time idea has been in our mind. The question was, was when, when mm-hmm. and how are we going to execute it? Yeah. Like when and how we're going to execute it. But our mindset and our body is so ready to do it. Yeah. Has been so ready. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm I'm ready to do it again too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we also were doing on the side. We were doing food tours in uh, Jackson Heights area at night. So we that got that did really well for us. You know, we did it for about a year and a half, and uh, that really was like our travel fund. So that's we're using that as our travel fund to start with. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So for like about a year. Whoa. So why why Malaysia is the first destination, and is was the was the initial plan to stay for like a month, get an apartment? Uh, yeah, initial. Well, Malaysia. The reason why um, we came here crazily enough in 2017, we actually were supposed to go to Cuba, and we got to the airport three hours early to get our visa, and Jumi went first. And at the time, Jumi had a Philippines passport, and they did not allow her to buy the visa. I don't, for some reason, they did not. So they said, oh, you had to get the visa in D.C. ahead of time. So so they didn't let us board the flight. Yep. And but it, like, well, we got to go somewhere. We were packed. All our bags yeah. are packed. And keep in mind, it was only for a week, this trip. So we're like, well, we're not leaving the airport until we decide where we're going to go. We're going somewhere. So we start looking through Skyscanner. You know, we want to go to Peru. The Peru, the flight, flight prices weren't great. Uh, Mexico, same thing. The value wasn't good. But then Jumi finds this crazy deal. Through Singapore. Yep, to Singapore, leaving that night on Cathay Pacific, which is a great airline. It was like 800 bucks for like the same night, which is incredible. And got us back to New York like that Sunday we were supposed to come back. Crazy. So we're like, you know what? Let's just do it. Yeah. And um, and then I figured, you know, Singapore is an expensive city to be at. So... Why not go to Malaysia? Yeah. It's really close to Singapore. And what we did, we actually, uh, we landed in Hong Kong. We booked our Singapore Airbnb in the Hong Kong airport boarding our flight. <laughs> and then once we got to Singapore, we started booking out our little Malaysia flight. So we went to Penang, Langkawi, and KL. But very briefly, we had like five, six days here. When it was so fun, it, it tattooed on my mind yeah. that we really we want to come back and stay for a really long time. So right. now we're here. It's yeah. a little so before I even get into COVID then, you know, yeah. I maybe, well, that, that's a wild story to begin with. I had read that in your blog. <laughs> um, yeah. I was in KL for just a few days. Um, I probably did it backwards. I spent about like two weeks in Kuching, but maybe like mm-hmm. oh. three, four days in KL. Um, but I found it like, 
I remember at the time I, I did an episode about it and like the word that came to mind was like almost like schizophrenic because uh-huh. a lot of places you can kind of get a handle and a feel on it. But I felt like the diversity in Kuala Lumpur, which in, in some ways is amazing because it gives you such an amazing yeah. food scene. Like I had trouble sort of like maybe finding its pulse or like really understanding like the personality and culture of kale. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, not that you've been there for a while, but like, how do you find it? Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing you know, yeah. we're living in Queens in New York city. Mm. We love culture. We love diversity. We embrace it. And that's one of the reason why we really want to come back and get the most of Malaysia, especially Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Cool. We only were literally here for about 24 hours or so. The first uh, time. The first time. Here. So we barely even scratched the surface. Got you. So we, we were. <laughs> so our initial plan was to stay here for a month. But, you know, our first week here was great. You know, nothing was, you know, they just announced there's a pandemic maybe five days in. That's when the U.S., I think when the NBA had canceled the season, when things got really crazy. But we still had a few more days here uh, until they announced what they call the MCO, the movement control order, like their version of a lockdown. Not totally locked down, but... It was pretty strict, though. It's pretty strict. We're not allowed to go do any leisure activities. We weren't allowed to walk outside for anything besides groceries or uh, essentials. And that that lasted until about May 4th, I believe. And now it's like conditional MCO, which is a little more relaxed, but still still in place. Mm Mm-hmm. We can still we can actually go outside and walk around now without a problem, just socially distancing. Did you think initially of of trying to get out of the country? Uh, when we saw the cases really had jumped, we had thought about it briefly. Because gotta think, the first time the reason why they announced the the MCO or the lockdown is because in Southeast Asia they were they had the highest case. Yeah. Mm. So they had to put the order in. And of course we thought of going somewhere else. Yeah, maybe like we didn't know maybe somewhere else would have, you know, maybe the case will be under control. You know, we've considered somewhere like Turkey. We have some friends who are full-time travelers who were in Turkey and they had no cases at the time, but fast forward now, Turkey has a hundred something thousand cases. Wow. Malaysia, they really slowed the, they really flattened the curve and it's been maybe 30, 40 cases a day the last few weeks. It's been great. Yeah. Wow. With, with that MCO, is it, you know, I had spoken to someone on here from South Africa and it sounded yeah. really strict there to the point of like, hey, if you're out in the streets, you're going to jail. Um, is it like a ticketing type of offense or? It was kind I mean. It could have been. It could have been, uh, but we were, we were also kind of like, also we have to follow what the government wanted us to do. We're just a tourist in their country. So, yeah. of course, we have to follow that. Um, the MCO was mostly you can go out buy essentials like groceries, groceries takeout food uh pharmacy pharmacy okay. yes and um if you go leisure and like jogging or something they, they, they could have arrested yeah. or they i mean the wow. highways are even patrolled by soldiers yeah wow yeah yeah there was a checkpoint outside our building yeah on the road and during the mco like no um the the lawyers you can't even get an attorney because they're all like the bar. Was that? I they're closed. Yeah. Wow. So and like even like your grabs, they didn't let more than one passenger per grab. If you do a car service, yeah, they're like Uber version of Southeast Asia. Yeah. And you can't. It's only one person per car. Wow. Do they have grab food there at least? 
Yeah, yeah. we've been uh, binging out on grab food and okay. food panda. <laughs> we've never ordered so much delivery in our lives. We never did that in New York. We'd always go out and get it. Right. We would never get delivery. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's it's been it's. Yeah. Well, obviously, when you're, you know, on the road, the idea is to spend as little amount of time inside as possible. Like, how did you? Yeah. How, how did you spend well, the last month? The thing, our first apartment that we stayed in, we booked for the first month. You know, we booked that fully with the intention of we're going to be outside a lot. You know, we'll do a little work inside. It was a small place, no kitchen. Um, oh. Was that a nice view of the city and all? But you know, after a few weeks of that MCO, we're like, we got to get out of here. So. Uh, right when that place was running out, we found another apartment. So we actually did move to another place in the middle of MCO, a much larger place that we got at a steep discount, has a kitchen. That's where we are now still. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Much better place for the situation. So I've seen, you know, a few of the, the videos that you guys have done. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming the idea with this transition to, you know, full-time travel is to go heavy on the blogging and videoing and stuff like that. Definitely. We even launched a second channel. We have our, our main channel, Food and Footprints. That's more our food channel. And we decided to launch a second channel called Greg and Jumi. That's more for like traveling, vlog, kind of little, whatever else would not be under the food umbrella. It gives us more flexibility with other content. Cool. So we're going to grow that out too. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, um, I think the street that I really liked with like night market type of stuff is Jalan Allure, right? Yes. Yeah, we actually stayed right by there our first oh. month. We didn't get to make it there to the actual Gelato or the night market. We we actually were there. We were there a, a few, few days, days ago. ago. Yeah, it's dead. It's <sighs> totally it's dead. Wow. It's not as lively as it used to be. Yeah, I mean Chinatown. It is like a ghost town. It's really crazy. All this, all the right. vendors. I don't know if you went to Pataling Street in Kuala Lumpur, but the Chinatown's very bustling. A lot of vendors. Yeah. None are out. Maybe two or three vendors at this point. But that's it. Wow. I wonder, you know, I don't know if you're that plugged into like the politics of what's happening there, but I wonder if there's any sort of government assistance or anything like that for people. Um, There might be. We're not 100% sure. I think there is some, but they did put that CMCO, the conditional MCO. They actually put that in place before the original MCO was supposed to expire. I think they were realizing, you know what, it's costing a lot of money. And um, the case had dropped enough where it was like, you know what, if we put this in place, it'll get people adjusted to like this new mm. normal. So it's good. It's like every time we've been out the last few weeks, uh, it's been good social distancing. Most people wearing masks. I mean, here and there you won't, but uh, people in general seem to be taking it pretty seriously, which is good. Yeah, people in people, the Malaysians are really trying to comply with what the government yeah. is telling them because it's also hitting the economy mm. really bad. Wow. Which is good. So in that pre-COVID, right? Um, yeah. In that brief period of time, what were you eating? Oh, man, <laughs> what were we eating? <laughs> um, we're really fortunate that we had uh, really went hard that first week. So we had amazing stuff like chili pan me. We're addicted to that. We're, this is one stall we went to like three times. We loved it. Um, fish head curry, banana leaf rice, nasi lemak, hokey oh. and me. Like lots of great stuff. You know, we, we have a couple locals here that we met through YouTube. They have a great channel from Kuala Lumpur. They're named Puri and Sue. So we met up with them one night and uh, you know, we were going to go and do all these collabs with them. Hopefully we will still when this MCO relaxes. But, you know, uh, we got to go out one night with them and uh, eat some of their favorite local spots. So that was cool, too. Nice. You're and like now I'm starting to the wheels are going and I'm remembering things. Yeah. 
But, you know, if, you know, people are eating here in the States, you never think of like a shopping mall, like a shopping mall proper as a place you'd want yeah. to go eat, right? It's like you're like Sabaro Pizza and Panda Express and crap like that. <laughs> but I remember in KL, a lot of them have like these underground eateries on like the bottom floors of malls. Mm-hmm. And one of the best nasi lamaks I had, I actually think it was like a chain place, which maybe sounds sacrilegious, but um, it was at a mall. And we remember yeah. like walking around the mall and it was just like fresh and like attention to detail. And it's like, oh my God, this is not mall food. Like this is incredible. <laughs> have, you, have you gone to any no, of Malaysia, they take their food seriously here. Malaysia is like, they love their food. We, we actually, we filmed a video, fried chicken from chains, Malaysian chains. And yeah, like Malaysian born chains. Like uh, we never would have done anything like this before, you know, COVID came in. It was like we just, it was actually, it started from one day we were sitting on a delivery app. So I see this thing called Sugar Bun. And uh, Sugar Bun was, uh, it had like a high rating on grab food. I looked into it, I'm like, this looks interesting. They have, it's called broasted chicken. So it's like fried chicken, but it's like in like a pressure cooker. Oh. It's from Sarawak, actually, from Kuching. The original location was in Kuching. So we ordered it. We thought this was great. They had this amazing Kano sauce. They, they call it with lemongrass. Oh, so we're like, God. you know what? Let's just do this video. And then we, we picked a couple other local chains that were only born in Malaysia. And it's great. It didn't taste like normal fast food. It's- wow. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, we do not eat fast food besides like Jollibee on occasion. Or Popeye. Popeye's rarely. But the fast food here, is, it was good. Like the locally produced fast food. It's good stuff. Wow. Really good. So do you have an idea of where you go from here? Um, it really is going to depend. We'd like to stay in Malaysia longer. Cause our original plan, we were going to do a month in KL. We were going to go to Malacca. We were going to go to Ipoh. Then we were going to go to Philippines. Then we were going to plan to come back to Malaysia to go to Penang and uh, Kuching and, uh, probably Thailand too. We, we just have no idea. Indonesia of course is on the list, but we're really just taking it a day at a time. You know, we just got to hope our visa can get extended. That's a whole nother crazy Whoa. situation in itself. Yeah. The good thing when we when we decided to travel for full time, we just have Malaysia booked. Yeah, we had nothing else booked beyond that first month in KL. We didn't book any flights, any other Airbnbs. We really were trying to be flexible. Yeah. Even pre COVID, that was always gonna be our plan to be very flexible. I mean that's that's the way to do it, huh? Um, yeah. So that Definitely. yeah, I've always found that like I try not to get locked into a place. Mm-hmm. I have oh, so, sorry. Yeah, I have. A su- I mean, because you don't know if you are having fun, and you're like need to cut it off because you have yeah. a flight booked to somewhere. Oh hell right. yeah! I, I have a maybe a crazy suggestion, but um, yeah, okay. I spent I spent five days in Brunei, and oh, yeah, I don't know that I would call it like a food destination. Is mm-hmm. it's really not even a country that has. I don't even know if the word is tourism, but like, you know, there's, there's Sharia law. So there's, there's not much going yeah. on for people, but there yeah. are a couple little nuggets of food things happening. And I know some people that are working in food blogging there and, you know, there's like no content that comes out of Brunei. Yeah. It would be really cool to see it like through the lens of U2's like personalities and expertise. I don't know if you have. That any- would be interesting. It would be interesting. We haven't really thought of it, but see, we're open to pretty much anywhere. So I'd have to look into that. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. You I know. know. I mean, I, I, 
I thought they were trying to ump their their um, tourism. Yeah, I know there's some controversy there with Brunei. I know there's a lot of that controversy with the yeah some issues going on with that. But yeah, but yeah, and just in terms of like infrastructure, there's really no public transportation. They they have a ride share company called uh, Dart, I think it's called. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, like like a lot of places, as I'm sure you've experienced, like when it's a place that doesn't get a ton of tourism and folks from the States, like people are super friendly. So I just met people who wanted to hang yeah. out and drive around and go eat food. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That's and we, we love places. Like we love you know, talking to the owners. I mean, even today we were just out, we went to this Filipino place here in KL that we actually ordered from grab food, really sweet lady who runs it. You know, she's from Philippines. It's like her dream to run a restaurant and she's finally doing it. It's great. You know, we're planning to film a video there sometime in the near future when things settle down a bit. Cool. Really, really nice. You know, what I really like about um, about the blogging that you do and just in, even like your personalities and your enthusiasm for the food is that it's all positive. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, let me give an example. Like, um, I, know you're, <laughs> I know you're not food reviewers, right? But there, there was like... Yeah, there was much to do about that New York Times article that came out recently about like Peter Luger, right? And like, yeah, everyone was talking about it, and it was like basically it like trashed Peter Luger. Yeah, um, very very well. <laughs> we know very well about that article. <laughs> okay, um, Pete Wells. <laughs> are, are you are you an acquaintance with with him or? No, no, we don't know him, but uh, we remember that article very well. <laughs> okay, well, I guess like I don't really care about someone else's opinion about food, right? Like, I guess yeah. I guess there's a, a really big market for that. Obviously, New York Times is like one of the biggest newspapers in the world and people are reading it. But I much rather would tune into to someone's enthusiasm about food. That's much more, uh, yeah. much more to my like entertainment liking, I guess. Um, yeah. And so maybe this is quite a simple question, uh, but... Of of all the things to blog about and write stories about, uh, why is it food for you two? Um, I mean, I've food's kind of in my blood. Um, you know, I had family that's worked in food. Um, I've loved it. It really took to a little later on in my life to really become enthusiastic for it. Uh, I think maybe when I was like twenty one or so, I started exploring the Elmhurst restaurant scene with some family. And, uh, you know, I'd already liked some food here and there, but that's when I really got into like Indonesian food, Malaysian food. And then when we met, we started just, you know, our, our first real date together was at a Thai restaurant and we ate grasshoppers and, uh, ant larvae on our first date. So that was kind of crazy. So that was kind of like our, we were destined to really just go and eat and explore food. And that's what we did. We just would always go out and try different places. And over time, we've tried more new places, but then we'd also end up going back very often to places that we really enjoyed. You know, like Daewoo, for example, we go almost every week. You know, as much as we like to try new places, we love going back to places that we really want to support and really enjoy. Because it's also the people yeah. that's making the food, especially if it's yeah. mom and pop shop. Mm-hmm. or You build a relationship. You build a relationship with them and their food is great. And yeah. Yeah, we want to spread the word. And, you know, that's why we also do with our videos like, we don't really put negative things. I mean, if there's something negative, we're probably not going to film it. Mm. I mean, we may like, I think the most negative we've ever been in a video is when we did our halal cart review video. You know, we wanted to include the halal guys. You know, we're not really fans of halal guys, but if we didn't include halal guys in a halal cart video, did we really do it? You know, 
<laughs> so we're not really fans of them, but you know, we wanted to include them. You know, we didn't fully trash. We're like, you know, it's not. There's really. no point of trashing. Yeah. An establishment or a food. I Especially mean, places we go, they're like family-owned businesses, mm. independent. Like we don't want to trash them. Yeah. They could have had a bad day. They put love in their food, so who am I to hate it? Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave that for trash leave it for the Yelpers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of critics everywhere. And, you know, we, we want to spread positivity. We want a place that we enjoy or a place that we found interesting. You know, if we don't love it, if we like it enough and think it's interesting, we'll talk about it. Mm. There may be something interesting about the place. Maybe not just the food or the environment or whatever the story mm-hmm. of this place, how it came to here, all that. So, yeah, something positive. Jumi, you were born in the Philippines? Yes, I was born in Philippines. I was born and raised in Philippines, and I moved to New York City when I was 20, I think. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a long time ago. Well, do you, can you recall, like, your, your early food memories? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I grew up eating home-cooked, mm. home food, home-cooked meal, everything grown, the vegetables. Um, lemongrass. Um, I, of course, I started eating. I mean, I never thought it would be. See, I moved to New York, and when everyone's saying, "Oh, it's balot, mm. the embryo," yeah, and everyone's like freaking out about it, and in my mind, I'm like, "Ah, uh, it is just normal. It's like a like a food, like a food that we eat normally." I mean, I know we don't eat normally, but, you know, we eat it and it's fine and we don't like, it's not weird, but, you know, um, so that I grew up eating. I I didn't grow up eating that. It also, I just see people, my brothers eating it. Um, The first thing, the snake, I'm eating snake. That was really good. It tasted like chicken. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not a picky eater. I just, I love to eat. I love the flavors, everything in my mouth, all the flavors in there. So yeah, I, crazy to think, I started eating fast food chain when I was in college. But all my life, I just grow up eating home cooked meals. Wow. Is there... Fresh. I'm so spoiled. Is there a place, <laughs> and this is actually, this will be for both of you, but is there a place in, or places in New York maybe even specifically Queens that, that get Filipino food right or is like as close to the source as possible? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, our favorite overall is uh, Tito Rad's. We love Tito Rad's. It's on Queens Boulevard in Woodside. It's not in the quote-unquote little, yeah, little Manila area, which we don't like to call it that either. <laughs> I hate calling it Little Manila. <laughs> How come? Um, yeah, that's, our, that's one of our favorite. And then... Renee's. Yeah, Renee's is very good. It's, it's, it's just, it's. Oh, another one, Sariling Atin. Sariling Atin. That's like a Turo Turo. It's like the point point where it's like a steam table. It's uh, very close to Indo Java. It's a short walk from oh, there. Cool. That place is great too. They're all in our, our Filipino food in New York City video. All of this we really like, we put in that video. Yeah. Cool. Now, maybe at this point it seems obvious, um, but. You said that Queens is the greatest borough in the world. Oh, absolutely. For, I think we all agree. The greatest food destination in the world, I would say. Like, There's no other place in the world you can get that level of diversity of cuisine. 
it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, a lot of folks who come to New York want to see some of like, I don't even know if you call them like longstanding, like architectural type of things, like the Empire State Building, right? Or the Statue of Liberty. Yep. Uh, in terms of food, is let's say someone's coming to New York and they have a short stay, is, mm -hmm. in your opinion, like, is there value in going to something like a, like a Katz's? Um, or like, would you recommend, you know, following your videos and going off into the boroughs and spending your time that way? Uh, so the funny thing is that like, when we do our food tours, we're doing them in New York. We get a lot of tours from all over the world and you know, all throughout the U S you know, they would say, you know what, this is our one experience that we want to have. That's like off the beaten path. But a lot of them, they would do all the touristy things. And, you know, I personally do think Katz's is very good, but would I wait on two hours during the day on a line for it? No. Um, I think Katz's is the best when you go on a Friday night or Saturday night, late night, three or four in the morning with the bar crowd. That's a fun time of night to go. And the food tastes even better after a few drinks. But would I wait on two hours? No. Because you have a limited time in New York, you should that two hours can be spent elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, and explore somewhere else. Yeah. What do you think we're, we're missing? And I'll give an example. Um, yeah. But you, you talked about Balot, right? I was always, <laughs> I, I had um, Martabak uh, Telur, I think is the, is the not sweet one um, in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. And I saw actually recently, like during COVID, I think Dewi made it for the first time. Yeah. Um, are, are you familiar with it? Uh, telur, I think telur means egg. So like um, egg Martabak. We've had Indonesian Martabak. We haven't had it here in Malaysia yet. We know it's available. We kind of want to eat that in a restaurant or like in a stall because we hear it's really good fresh. Yeah. yeah. But we've had the sweet one before. Okay. Um, and, and the sweet one is like super heavy. Like there's a lot going on. Yeah. There. The <laughs> cheese. Oh my God. Condensed milk, chocolate. <laughs> like sugar rush. Yeah. Um, Butter, you name it. <laughs> yeah. T Martabak Tolor is exactly like you said. It's, it's egg it's almost got like um, salted like, egg. Yeah, almost like a phyllo dough texture, maybe if if that's the right thing to say. Oh, that one may be more like roti then. Is that more roti? It, roti talor maybe. It it's not. It it's definitely martabak. It maybe it's not okay. as as thin as as a roti, but it's just like it's so greasy and heavy, and you get it mm -hmm. on like wax paper, and to me. It's not really drinking food there. There's not a huge, like, you know, like night scene drinking culture yeah. in Indonesia. But to me, if, if you're out at like 2 a.m. and you need something to fill mm. your stomach, like that to me is like the, mm -hmm. the best thing. And we don't have that here in, in New York. Like mm. as, as a street yep. food, as a New York City thing, even if that's all they sell in like a little single table type of establishment, yeah. um, I, I think that would be like a huge hit. Uh, but off the top of your head, can you guys think of things like from your travels that that we are missing here in New York? Oh, plenty. Uh, uh, let's say, for example, Malaysian food. Yeah, so we have, there's good Malaysian food in New York City for sure. Um, but the stuff out here is just like, mm. like the, the um, Roti Chennai, for example. The best Roti Chennai we've ever had was in Penang. We went twice when we went through years ago. The second yeah. time, we almost missed our flight to Langkawi. That's how much we loved it. 
We barely made it to the airport in time for that flight, but it was worth it. That that was phenomenal. The guys making it fresh in front of you. So I think, you know, we do have places where they make the food in front of you. It's more interactive. But I think there could be more of that in New York. You know, I think we are missing that a little bit. I mean, the Queens Night Market has some good examples of that. You know, like Burmese Bites is the one where they, he makes the uh, palata in front of you. Like, that's very interactive. But on the streets, there's a few. I mean, we have a few great, you know, the, I don't know if you've seen our video on the Tacos a Pastor cart in Queens. They only come out at night. That place is phenomenal. You've probably seen our stories a million times because we always post about it. You know, that's, that's like something, you know, that's like a Mexico City late night. You know, our favorite place we ever went to Mexico City for Alpa Soda Tacos only came out at night also like that one. Yeah. So that is one, when you mentioned kind of like after drinking foods, that's like the first one that comes to mind for us. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, like yeah. Malaysian, you see Malaysian food, it's, Malaysian food in, in New York is more of like the Nyonya. Yeah, the Nyonya style, kind of like the, you know, Chinese Malaysian. Yes. So you're going to see more of it in like the Chinatowns. There's not really much of like the Malay Malaysian food. Like. So that's kind of missing yeah. in New York uh, um, food scene also. Yeah. Have you, have you been to the establishment called Nyonya in New York? I think there's two of them maybe. We have not. We've heard of it, but we have not. No, okay. we have not. You know, I think you, there's a few of them. Yeah, yeah. I think they're all in, in Brooklyn maybe. Yeah. You mentioned though yeah. uh, Burmese bites, and I was just yesterday, and you know, preparing for this, I was reading through your blog posts, and I saw um, you have one about uh, I think the temples in Yangon. Um, yeah, I am like really. I'm actually I'm reading a book about Burma right now, but mm-hmm. that is like a culture and a cuisine that I'm very ignorant about. Um, I just don't know a lot about it, and you know, here in New York. You don't really see a lot of like Burmese food. food not much, know? yeah, not much. What, there, yeah, no, no. What's that scene like there? Like, what are what are people eating? The the funny thing about that is when you know we went to Burma, yeah. we went to Yangon. We about five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. What? Yeah, five years ago. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was our first trip to Asia together. Wow. Okay, we went to Burma. We wanted to spend. Um, tw- one day, see this the. the well, we went to Bagan. Bagan is the one temple. we wrote the article about in the temples. That's when we okay. took an overnight bus there and back. Yeah, um, the food there. The food there is like so mixed. You have like the curries. You have like that kind of the Indian influence, and then the Malay influence. Well, the, well, you know Chinese the Burmese, yeah. Influence. Not really Malay, I don't think. Maybe. Maybe there's a little bit. I, now thinking about it, the Burmese food kind of reminds you of the culture here in Malaysia too, because yeah. it's diverse. You know, you have the Indian, the Chinese, Chinese, and the Burmese. So instead of you know, then here you have the Malay. So you do have that diversity of the cuisines. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and but, yeah, it, they're not like curry heavy. Mm, there was. We just didn't eat that much of it then. Okay, then. Yeah. I remember there was like a few stops we went to. They had the curries. I think it was yeah. like they stopped that restaurant in the bus, but we didn't eat there. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. did have like the the Shan noodle that we love, the Mohinga stalls we went to were amazing. The street food scene in also in Burma is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Really? Yangon was everywhere. Yeah, Yangon, especially. Well, cool, pretty cool story, you know, like, me think of it, seeing your t-shirt there in uh, oh, <laughs> camera, yeah. Bourdain. So we went to Bagan. Uh, we were just there for the day. We had all our bags with us, our backpacks. And, uh, you know, when you get off the bus there in the morning, you're surrounded by people trying to you know, if you want to rent motorbikes, if you want to rent a car. Or, uh, so what we did, we had this one kid, he was probably about 18 or so. 
he had a car. He's like, oh, so we just hired him for the day to take us to all the temples. We got to store our backpacks in the trunk. It was a nice AC car, which is great. And, you know, it took us everywhere. Nice guy. And uh, we asked him, he's like, hey, you know, for lunch, can you take us somewhere that's just very local? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we go to a place like these uh, wooden green tables. And it was curries there. That's what we did eat curries. Curry, yeah. yeah. So we had curries there. And it turns out Anthony Bourdain went to that same restaurant. We without actually, yeah, without know. us knowing. I don't even know if that episode was out yet or not, or if we had just never seen it. But we actually have a picture on our Instagram of us sitting at that table. And we found the picture of Bourdain at that same restaurant sitting at that table. And we pulled it up shortly after he had passed away. Wow. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah, had it. I know some of the places he's gone has like just made their business go like just booming. Yeah. yeah. Did, did that place, like, was there a crazy line or anything like that? No. No, I think it was before local. that. And I don't even think, like, I watched that episode again. There wasn't really a name. I don't think he gave the name out to the place. Uh, he wasn't, I think it would, you would know that place if only, if only you talked to locals. Yeah. Because we it went, was, it was only locals. Though. It was only locals. I think it was him, Greg, only the, the foreign, you know, looking. <laughs> Um, tourists in there. Wow. When we were eating. Yeah, I guess I, I should have thought about the diversity because, I mean, I, I'm reading sort of like a history. And mm-hmm. you mean, there's, there's a, obviously there was a ton of Indian and Bangladeshi immigration. Um, obviously, yep. like a really brutal British you know, imperialism yeah. and yeah. occupation there. Um, but I, yeah, that's that's super interesting. I I had never really known of it as a food destination. I guess it's still a country that people are starting to explore because it hasn't necessarily been been open to the outside for very long. Yeah, true. But I think they're 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 getting explored now, which is a good thing. Yeah, which is really. I mean, we went. They didn't have Uber. Uh, I don't think even ATMs. We had to just exchange cash. Yeah, it was. You could tell it had just been opened up, but we loved that. That's why we went when we did because we knew this is like a, a chance to go visit it early before more people explored it. Mm. And we're glad we did too because some of those temples in Bagan they suffered an earthquake a few years after, oh, and they were right. some of them were just had destroyed partially, or some of the really beautiful details had been uh, ruined. So, wow, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. That was. You know, you are. Uh, extensive travelers, I think is fair to say. Um, yeah. You know, th- there's times where like I, re- uh, either while I'm traveling or when I'm reflecting on places I've been where I, I get a little like wispy and emotional in, in thinking about the people I've met and the places I've been. Mm-hmm. Have you come to any sort of uh, like realizations or generalizations about the world or about people, uh, you know, from being exposed to so much of it? Um, you know, we have just been a lot of like great people along the way. And I think even through like YouTube, for example, it's funny. It's like, even the times we're not traveling, we've met so many people from YouTube. Like even if you haven't met them in person, say they're from Malaysia or Australia, New Zealand or other places. And we've met some in person too. You know, we met this couple, uh, they're called chasing a plate. They're awesome food, food vloggers, really pretty big channel. Great couple from New Zealand. They traveled the world. And it's, you know, we meet some of these fellow like food lovers and it's like, you know, we, we just, we always click. It's like mm. people who really love food, you click. And I guess in general too, just like some of the places we've been to, just so many great people we met along the ways, whether it's on tours yeah. or 
Uh, sometimes we stay in touch with them too on Instagram. Like, or yeah, even in our tours when we did when we do have when we did do tours with our Airbnb tours. Yeah, we met people all over the world. Yeah, South Africa, Kent, all, yeah, Brazil, Brazil, Costa Rica, Kenya, Singapore, Japan, all over. And it's like you know sometimes you think what's going on like. You know, they would say, if you come to this place, you know, let me know, let yeah. us know. We're, we're going to show you around. Mm. And um, I don't know when it's that going to happen. Yeah, and it's not crazy that for that one space and time, whether it's, you know, one hour, two hours, three hours, you've shared that moment together with somebody. Whether it was, you know, they were taking our food tour or we were with them, uh, you know, on a tour in, in, in Greece or wherever we are. Or just, you know, if we had met them, it's kind of interesting how that and, one space and time you guys are connected. And again, the, the reason why you feel like you are connected is because you are sharing the same food and you show or experience, yeah, yeah. experience or you show enthusiasm with the food that you're sharing or the experiences that you're sharing. And, and for like that amount like of hour, you would think like, oh, we can get along. I'm like, oh, you're yeah. a cool, you're a cool person, or you're cool, you're nice. I like you. Yeah. But just it's just an hour or two. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. I mean, there there's there's sort of two points there. There's the reciprocal nature of things that like once you've been to a place, then it's like, oh, if you're ever you know if you're ever in my country in my city, well, I'll put you up, I'll take you around. But that is true. Like the the bonding that can happen is really quick, and I guess that food. Yeah food definitely helps to facilitate that because generally when you're eating food, you're like in a happy state. Um, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, it is almost, it might almost even sound like a little pretentious to say, but it is almost like, it's almost like a club. It's like a, a bit of a global community. Like when you meet a fellow traveler, it's like, ah, you're one of us. All right, come yeah. on into our thing yep. here. It's true. Like it's right true. away, like you, I, I don't think it's kind of like pretentious because I mean, when you love the food you're eating, you really show it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, you say, I don't feel like it. Or if you it. really love to travel, like you can definitely tell. Like people who really love to travel, you know, nothing, you know, nothing against people who go take, you know, maybe go to Miami every year or whatever, go to their Caribbean, you know, resort. That's cool. You know, everyone's going to vacation and enjoy themselves the way they like. But people who really like to travel, you know, you can kind of just connect with them right away. And then if you see them and you yeah. just talk to them for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes and that simple conversation of going back and forth or your experiences, what, how you deal with it, that like make you think, oh, okay, wherever you are next time, maybe we should get some food or something. Yeah. You know, you kind of like get to know that person. And that's, it happens to us all the time, wherever we go, especially when we're doing our food tour. Yep. And yeah. Or for filming a video, like it attracts attention for sure. But that's another way too. Like we love like some of the videos we filmed that have gotten you know, a lot of views. It's funny. Like we'll get, you know, we, our biggest video to date was our Sri Lankan food in New York city in Staten Island, the, the little Sri Lankan community there. It's a great Sri Lankan community. And that video got a lot of views. We had all these Sri Lankans who had started following us and commenting. And we had Peruvians who from our Peruvian food video, we had Malaysians in our Malaysian food video. So it's been kind of cool. Guyanese, like, so people from those countries have been following our channel and which is, it's pretty cool. Like, and it's nice because even though you don't know them or you personally, 
But if you think you're going to go to their country, you would just mm. talk yeah, to Yeah, a lot them. of them are just like, oh, you're always welcome to visit. You know, thank, thank you for highlighting our food. You know, that's, that's also why we like to be positive, too, is like we want to spread the culture. You know, if someone's watching this video, like, oh, I can, you know, see what kind of dishes there are. Or maybe I'd like to visit this place someday. Or if I'm in New York, maybe I can come here. You know, we love seeing people message us like, hey, I went to this place because of you guys. And then even when we were doing food tours, it's funny. People would recognize us. Or if even worse on the street, people would recognize, hey, you guys did the, oh, the videos, great. right? Like, it's happened oh, more and more wow. before we left. Well, it's not enough. Like, we only came here because of your video. It happened a lot for that Alpa Sor part. Like, oh, that's amazing. For the Peruvian cart. Wow. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I lived in Sunnyside for about a year. And, um, nice. I think it, it's Queens Boulevard, right? That runs right under the seven? Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And there was like this late night torta truck I used to go to. And that was definitely oh. like like your beer nights. Those are your drinking nights, right? It's like three in the morning and it's yeah. still open. <laughs> Dude, I miss tacos so much. Yeah, that's like our most miss that and pizza. Tacos and pizza, we really miss badly right now. <laughs> There's obviously like with with YouTube and with how easy it is now to sort of put out your own content without a middleman or like a company or something like that. Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that want to do it and there's a lot of people who are doing it of varying degrees of success. What for, for you guys also as like fans of that type of content, what goes into a good food blogging video? I mean, a lot of it is the researching Mm. Uh, for sure. You want to make something unique. Even if you don't go to a place that's, you know, if you go to a place that's been covered before, it's presenting it maybe in a different way because, you know, some places that, you know, they've been covered before because they're very good and we're not going to just say, Oh, everyone's been there. We're not going to go, you know, if it's very good and we like it, we're going to cover it, but we might just present it a little differently mm. instead of just saying, you know, just a food tour, we might try to, you know, narrow down the category a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think the research is key, seeing what's out there and seeing how you can zig when everyone else is zagging, you know? Yeah. Really, the research is key. And then, of course, for the video itself, is like keeping the viewer engaged, having a very good intro. You know, uh, some of our earlier videos, you know, they were a little longer. And maybe if we would have cut them down, maybe the retention would have been higher. So you want to keep the audience engaged. And watch other videos also. That's how you learn. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of a tricky one. You don't want to watch you know, you don't want to get too influenced because you don't want to really like get too, you know, we don't want to become those people, but you want, you know, you do want to be influenced, inspired, inspired we'll say. Not want to be influenced, but inspired. Yeah. 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 And I think there's like um, a genuineness that you can't teach to someone, right? You can't teach somebody to be authentic. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but that's something I like about you two again, um, is that like you can see the enjoyment that you can get and you can see that you're happy to be sharing this and like you love doing the videos and that, that definitely comes across. And I don't think that's something that necessarily can be faked. Um, oh, no. yeah. Have you, um, I'm thinking of this through my own lens. I, I don't have the best. Yeah. Uh, constitution, like the best stomach constitution. Like I like to, uh, I'm going to eat anything offered to me uh, at least once. Um, but like what you don't see is me like really suffering through a lot of moments. I think we remember seeing some YouTube stories of you dying in Philippines. <laughs> I think on that trip we saw you like having some hilarious like apocalypse now type moments in like a cave looking setting. I think I do remember watching that. All right. I'll tell that real quick. 
And then I guess <laughs> the follow-up I'll have after that is if, if, if you've ever had any like disaster moments on the road. Um, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is actually before we traveled together, my biggest travel food disaster moment, uh, I was in Ecuador. I was actually with family friends, went down there. Um, no, and me, that was my first time ever going to Latin America. I had not been to Asia yet. You know, at that point I'd only really been traveling to Europe and throughout the U S and maybe Puerto Rico. That was it. So it was like, you know, we're going from Guayaquil, we're going to the beach and we pull off at this like roadside restaurant. And I'm like, Oh, so excited. We're with all these locals. Uh, you know, that's a weird thing with like local family. So it was a seafood place. Like, Oh man, seafood. Yes. Yeah, like everything. I was like, everything that was ordered, I was trying a little of everything. And, uh, one of the ladies after like, you know, you shouldn't eat all that. And I'm like, ah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so I'm eating like, you know, concha ceviche, which like the black concha ceviche, all these different Whoa. things. And the next day I'm just like, uh Oh, we're like, we're like riding through dirt roads in this big van. Cause there's a big crew of us. And I'm just like, I got to throw up. Oh no. And the guy I was with like family friend. He's like, uh, he's, he's already like kind of freaked out and he's just like, Oh my God. He's like, He's like, he sees me failing and I'm just like, oh man, he's like, he's not like, he's not like adventurous like me. And he's just like, he's like, I don't want to eat anything that wasn't made in the factory. After that, he just had freaked out. He's like, I'm only eating crackers and bread. And like, so the sad thing is like, that was like the second, third day of the trip. So I was late. We had to go back to Waikil after I was laid up for three days. Oh. A doctor had to come, you know, oh. it was probably from the Concha Ceviche. We were supposed to go to Cuenca in the mountains, which was supposed to be incredible. We couldn't go there. It was maybe the last two, three days of the trip I got to eat normal things again. So that was a disaster, but it taught me a lesson. Be a little careful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are those moments are horrible to live through, but they, exactly. they, they do make for amazing stories. Yeah. I'll, I don't, I can't, I don't remember anything for myself. I think you're pretty ironclad. Thank God. I think you're worst most fine in America with your friends, right? Didn't you get Which sick one? off of like a fast food thing or a Starbucks thing or something? I don't remember. I thought you did, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you haven't had that moment. I, I've got dozens. I don't even want to get that moment. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> no, it's not good. Um, I literally have do- like dozens, but yeah, that. So it is bullet, and I don't want to say that I didn't like it because that would greatly hurt my pride. But essentially what happened was, you know, we were feeling pretty invincible and brave. We went out, we had a couple of drinks. And me and my friend Kevin, who you've met, he's an yep. older dude. And we started the night with like some saute at a bar. Maybe that was the thing that we shouldn't have done. Then... We, we met some people we were hanging out with and driving around and we passed a woman on the street with a cooler and balut. And That's very authentic and very <laughs> local okay. experience. So I had that and then we washed it down with Jollibee. Like Oof. everything from Jollibee because I was like, I didn't even know like there are, are a couple in the States and I'm like, when am I going to have this again? Let's try everything including the sweet spaghetti. <laughs> so... We got it all and we went out to some like overlook spot. Um, I think the World Cup was happening and like everyone was like, let's go watch the World Cup. So I'm like, okay. And we're driving and I'm just like, oh no, like this is not going to be good. Like something's happening. (laughs) And we get to the hotel and it's just like the exorcist. Like I'm in the, 
oh, some of this I can't even say. It's so gross. But like I'm in the elevator just like holding it in my face. And the next three oh days God. I'm laid up. Um, but I was sick from that for like two weeks. And I want, I went up to Manila just to go north to get the tattoo from um, Vang Odd, who does the the hand tap yeah. tattoos. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that trip starts with a 10-hour, 12-hour night bus. <laughs> of course, I bought the economy one that didn't have a bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> just like curled up in a corner in the bus, just like <laughs> sweating, like rocking myself to sleep. Like this is a nightmare. <laughs> then you get off and, you know, I found a little place with like, uh, you know, concrete squatty potty that's that hadn't been cleaned in quite some time. And then you have to take a jeepney and then it's a two hour hike. It was just a, a cool experience, but a nightmare at the same time. But I mean, you know, you got to think back then it was a nightmare, but now you're laughing at it. Yeah. Like, it's fun. To, it's now fun. <laughs> Do you... Do you have any destinations that have surprised you in terms of food that you thought, you know, you were happy to visit, but like were really blown away and sort of um, you, you hadn't anticipated that the food would be that good? I think Sri Lanka for us comes to mind, for me at least. Because um, mm. like Peru was amazing, but we knew Peruvian food was going to be incredible when we went there. Sri Lanka really blew us away. We We had had the cuisine a few times and enjoyed it, but... Man, like, and, it, and that was a place where the vegetables, like, we could, if we were to ever become vegetarian or vegan, it would be in Sri Lanka because mm. all the spices, I mean, the cloves, the cinnamon. I think you went to one of the places, uh, was it Matigara, I think the yeah. place was. Oh, that yeah. place. We love that place. Oh. Dude, you're amazing because I was right nearby there. And I think you, you, you DM me on Instagram. You're like, you have to go to this place. And I was like yeah. circling for an hour. I couldn't find it. It's kind of like, in like a little maze-like place if you go the wrong way. Um, but then, yeah, it was, what, like 2 $3 American and it's just buffet. All you can eat, like oh, ridiculous. Yep. Insane. And she cooked it. Yeah, it was like cooking it fresh right there. It was amazing. Like I think we ate there two or three times in two days. I think we ate two <laughs> meals in one day there. That's how good it was. So I think it was in Unawatuna, I think it was. Yes, exactly, yeah. 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 So Sri Lanka really blew us away. The country in general blew us away. So we would love to go back and explore more of it. You were, I think you were fortunate to be there together. I, I had some amazing experiences there, Yeah. but I also struggled a bit maybe. And I think maybe it's because I was by myself. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's something we've all come to experience in different places, yeah. but like, you know, power outages and if the power goes out at, you know, two in the morning and it's still 90 degrees out, you wake up just like sweating, yep. covered in like bugs and stuff, which again makes for like a great story now. Um, but I was also there for like close to four weeks. So maybe that was wow pushing it. I don't know. But yeah, like definitely some, ins- like the, tra- did you take the train uh, to candy? We did. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. That's actually also like, you mentioned your video uh, for Sri Lankan food, but um, that's another cuisine. I, you know, people obviously know of Indian food and like there's the Americanized mm-hmm. version of Indian food probably in strip malls mm-hmm. all over the country now. Um, but we'll, we'll send people to your video, but where do you go to get Sri Lankan food in, in New York? 
Uh, you definitely go to Staten Island. There's, uh, oh. there's like a neighborhood there. They call it Little Sri Lanka. So there's like one street that has a few restaurants. Uh, that was our favorite. I mean, all three were delicious. Our favorite is a place called New Asha. Uh, it's a longtime place. The owner is a sweetheart. She is one of the nicest people. Uh, in the video, you will see her. She's she's like she's in there, very sweet. I think Bourdain went there years back. It's very well known. Very like little small hole in the wall kind of place. Like she knew all the people coming in, all the regulars. Like that's our favorite. But there's also an excellent place called uh, La Corwana. It's a all you can eat buffet. Oh, Beautiful yeah. restaurant. That place is stunning. Very, very reasonable, too. So yeah, like northern yeah. Staten Island is where you're going to go for that, that. That place, the last place that you mentioned, very stunning. They have a museum. Yeah. All, if you go there, all their, um, whatever, how do you call it? Like, like everything pots and everything. played in the place yep. that came from so on. So if you remember, like, the pots of food in um, Mati Gedera in uh, Unawatana, mm -hmm. it's a very similar style in this buffet on the weekends. They, you, you like serve it yourself out of those similar style. Oh. They imported everything from Sri Lanka. Wow. Okay. And the owner's daughter, I believe, had, like runs this museum, a Sri Lankan cultural museum, just a few blocks away. Mm -hmm. We didn't make it there because we went later in the day and it was closed already, but that's a few blocks away as well. So it's a cool day trip for people in New York City. If you want to head to Staten Island, you can just hop on the ferry. Um, the first place we mentioned, you can take a bus there. The other one, the Lakuana, you can actually take the train, the SIR. It's like their one subway line. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's technically not the subway, but you use your metro card and it feels like the subway, so it's pretty much... It's a short subway. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it goes through most of the island, but it's only one line, you know, most of the east side of the island. Yeah. <sighs> there's also pizza there. Yeah, there's a pizza on Staten Island, too. That actually made me think... It's, it's not Sri Lankan, but I had gone to a place in Brooklyn Heights. I don't know where I heard about it. I don't know if it was on Bourdain or if I'd seen a video, but it's like a Hare Krishna temple and they do hmm. a vegetarian buffet lunch. And I think it's even like a sliding scale to pay. And I think that's, it's, you know, it's meant for folks who are maybe on hard times. Um, yep. But that's, that was a really cool experience. It might, I don't know if it was called Ganesh. Something like that. Um, wait, that's Queens. Ganesh wait, Temple? wait a minute, the Ganesh Temple in, in Flushing? Then, then I'm getting the name wrong. This was in like. Well, the Ganesh Temple that they do dosa. Dosa. A lot of dosa. South Indian, the dosa. Then I'm definitely but getting the name wrong. Else. I do know what you're talking about, though. Is that the place that's like in a basement, kind of? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. That place is incredible. Cool. Um, yeah, but may maybe something else you're talking about. That sounds great too, though. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you the name if I can find it. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll start to wrap. I think you know, you're. I didn't do exactly what you guys are doing right now. Um, yeah. But it's something that I'll never forget. It's something I'm gonna try to do again. Uh, and you can always do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's sort of the thing, right? So it's something that I, I talk about on here over and over and over again. I guess like a broken record. Because there's so many people that want to do something similar, or even if it's not travel, it's sort of just like um, take the path towards a dream that they've had for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe to, to, to sort of like wrap this up, if you can just talk about, you know, I know it hasn't quite gone the way you've planned so far, but um, sort of your mindset right now, 
if you do feel happy, if you feel like, I don't know, less stressed or freer, um, yeah, like where are you at right now? And, you know, should other people sort of follow your path? Um, yeah, I mean, it hasn't started out the way we planned, but the funny, the irony of it is that, you know, that story we told you before about coming to Malaysia, you know, it's kind of a similar situation here is like being flexible. If you choose a path like this, it's definitely be flexible, be willing to roll with the punches. Don't plan too much ahead. Like we, we have friends out there who are full-time travelers. Some had planned six months ahead and had to cancel everything and had to go home. You know, right now we wouldn't dream of going home right now because we're in a place that's safe. Uh, Malaysia's handling very well. I mean, we're really sad about hearing what's in New York. You know, it looks, you know, I hear things are getting a little better, but, you know, at the peak, especially our old neighbor on Elmhurst, Jackson Heights mm. area was the epicenter. So, you know, it's tough. It's hard for us to imagine going back there. And even just, you know, we want to stay in one place until this thing kind of dies down. We don't want to hop on a plane. We don't want to move around. We like to just stay here. Um, and I think as far as like saying chasing, you know, a dream, you know, come with a plan. You know, we, we plan, you know, we financially, we saved, you know, from doing that side hustle. We built the YouTube channel up. Um, our mindset, our mindset was like going towards this. Going to, yeah, it was, uh, we sat, we, our ma- mindset was set to going towards this one because we've been really wanting to do this. Um, yeah, we did, we, we didn't really buy much besides like things we would need. Mm. You know, I, I used to really be into like sneakers and clothes, you know, in my you know tw- early twenties, I stopped buying all that. I, I really just whatever's comfortable and functional. That's it. You know, minim- minimal minimal minimalism definitely is key for something like this. And you know, we don't regret it. You know, the timing it's kind of crazy, but we're we're gonna just gonna roll with it as best we can. You know, try to head to another place whenever we can. We like to stay in Malaysia longer, but we're gonna have to see how the visa situation goes. Uh, you know, the very worst case scenario, we do go back home, but, but, you know, that's the absolute worst case scenario. We're going to try to go somewhere else instead. We're, we're happy. We're, we're happy. We yeah, we're happy we are. We're adapting our content. You know, we're doing, you know, food delivery videos. Yeah. And, you know, try, we tried, you know, with our second channel, we're going out and filming the city in its current state, which has been interesting. You know, it's like little time capsule videos for, you know, in the future when the city becomes bustling again. It's like, wow, the city was like this at one point. I mean, you don't want this thing to happen again, no. but, you know, if you go back in, if you're in the future and you go back in time, you would think at some point, once in your life, the city, the country that used to be bustling is now what used to be, has been in a lockdown and mm. that's never happened. Yeah. And as far as like us chasing this, it's something we knew if we didn't do it soon, we were never going to do it. Um, that's why we were just like, you know what, let's do it now. You know, we had people telling us when, you know, the first COVID cases were popping up in early January, like, are you sure you want to go? Are you sure you still want to go to Asia? And, you know, we, we did think about, well, maybe we'll do South America instead, but then South America, there was lockdowns, full lockdowns, like Peru, like people couldn't even leave. So we actually were glad we stuck it out and just stay with being in Malaysia because we probably would have had to go home if we were in Peru or just stay there. And I don't know if it would have been as good. I mean, somewhere like Malaysia, for example, the healthcare here is very good. Um, it, the food delivery options are excellent. And it's, uh, it's just a really good place to be. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see you guys are doing you wanna... well. What's yeah. that, Jimmy? Oh, I mean, if whoever, if you're watching, I mean, sorry, if you're listening, you know, just set, it's just about your mindset. What's your goal? You may want to talk to yourself, list a few things, you know, 
put your priorities in and set your mindset. That's it. Yeah, because people do it. You know, plenty of people have done it, do it, succeed. I mean, you have YouTube channels. I don't like, there's the big food channels like Mark Ween, yeah. Food Ranger, Mikey Chen. You have, you know, travelers. You have all who've done very well for themselves. And, you know, they all started with zero subscribers. Everybody started from zero at some point. So it's really, you know, anyone can do it. It's just you're sticking with it too. Even if it's, even if it seems rough and you're not growing, you're not, you got to just find ways to try to, grow and try to, you know, improve on what you're doing. Yeah. It's the really, I think the key is sticking with it. Yeah. Go with the flow. The consi- yep. and consistency is important. Very key. Yeah. Well, obviously people can go like, as always to the show notes, I'm going to have links to the YouTube channel and the Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure awesome. you'd be happy to cross paths with some people. So if anyone's in KL and wants to yeah, go be cool. food or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, this was really cool. To have, I'm happy to see that you guys are safe and doing well and are still positive. I will be good seeing you. Yeah, yeah. likewise. I'll be, you know, I'll be following. This is amazing. Like, like really long time coming. I mean, how many times were we supposed to have <laughs> this know. podcast? And it could have been in so many different variations of it over the years. And it's actually fitting it's this way because it's like what two years ago or so you were in the similar situation. I mean, without COVID, of course, but on the long term travel journey. Yeah, it's it's strange how these work out sometimes. Actually, a lot of episodes are months or years in the making. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what more appropriate time to share your story than now? Because you're in a really unique yeah. situation. Um, all right, cool. That is a wrap on episode number 166 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. Thank you to the Food and Footprints crew, Greg and Jumi. Make sure you go check them out. They've got some really wonderful YouTube videos, some great information from New York and from around the world, and I do not think you will be disappointed. So go to the show notes, check their stuff out. Check out the Patreon link I have. If you're not able to support through Patreon, it goes a really long way just telling people about the podcast or leaving a, a rating and review on something like Apple iTunes. That really helps. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed this one. Lots more coming up in the next couple of weeks. So for now, I will say, please take care of each other, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>